Hello and welcome to the Irish Arsenal Cooner podcast. It's Tuesday the 21st of December. I'm your host, Gilesy as always. I'm joined by my regular guests and Arsenal season ticket holders. John Media, Eamon Donnelly and Dale Timmons. How are you, lads? Hey, Johnny. Ah, evening, Jonathan. Evening, Dale. Ah, evening, John. <laughs> Good evening. And he's only had one sip of Peroni in it. Ah, sure. <laughs> I was going to put a Santi hat on there. I don't believe in all that nonsense. <laughs> nonsense there. I hate all this bad humbug. <laughs> We're all good. As always, you can catch our podcast on the platform, social media platforms there. Uh, uh, SoundCloud and Spotify, uh, just type in Irish Arsenal Gunner Podcast and you'll catch all our episodes from our first episode, which was way back in March, which is kind of hard to believe, um, uh, as it's only four more sleeps to, to the big day. Um, on tonight's show, we'll be reviewing our latest victories uh, over West Ham, which was last Wednesday, and Saturday gone against Leeds United away. Um We'll also be previewing um, tonight's Carabao Cup quarterfinal against Sunderland. And also at the end of the show, a tribute to uh, the late Ray Kennedy, uh, who was a legend for ourselves, of course, and uh, obviously for Liverpool, where he won literally every major trophy there was to win as a pro. So we'll be doing that at the end of the show. So I hope you like the next half an hour or so in our company. Uh, so we kick on with um, last Wednesday's 2-0 victory over West Ham. Goals by second half goals by Gabriel Martinelli and Emile Smith Rowe um, sealed the victory. Uh, of course, Lacazette missed the penalty saved by our ex-goalkeeper um Flappy Hansky. Um but he had a decent game, Fabianski, and that's happened in the last couple of games as well. It's like he has something to prove, but um I thought we deserved the 2 0 victory. I thought Ogbonna and Zuma were big losses at the back for West Ham. Um, once Martinelli got at Dawson, there was always going to be trouble there, and so it was with his goal, which was well taken. Um, Turney had a long-range effort in the first half, but um, it was well saved by Fabianski onto the crossbar. Um, I thought Lacazette and Martinelli is definitely a partnership that I'm looking forward to going forward for the rest of the season, all injury-free, of course. So, um, I know Eamon was at the match, so I'll come to Eamon first. What was your view on the match from um, your, your seat? Well, the first thing I'll say is this. Um, I was in the company of... Um, but also my brother-in-law, uh, who's a West Ham season ticket holder, as is uh, my niece's uh, husband, who's also a West Ham season ticket holder. And I knew by them in the pub before the game, even though they weren't saying it, they really fancied that they were going to win this. So um, they don't have a particularly good record at our place. Um, only one win in the last 14. And um, it's amazing, in my view, how things can change in 15 minutes. So the first 15 minutes against Southampton, had we conceded a goal, and that game didn't go the way it did. But what we did was we came into the West Ham game off the back of three quarters of a really good performance against Southampton. We brought momentum in it and we stepped onto them at the start. We controlled, not necessarily the ball, but we controlled the positioning on the pitch and in that West Ham barely got out of their own half in the first half. They, and, and although we didn't create much, um, 
you could tell, you know, as we moved towards halftime, that they were beginning to creak. In fact, halftime, it's the old classic, halftime came at the wrong time. We, we, we were really on top. So then you think, well, what's going to happen in the second half? And sometimes you get the breaks. Uh, we got a goal early in the second half. And to be quite honest with you, after that, sending off or no sending off, we were in no danger of losing that game. Uh, if you were watching on TV, you probably do what John and I usually do, look at it through your fingers and hope for the best. But when <laughs> you're at the game and you see the spacing on the pitch, you, you see it a bit differently. And one one great memory I have of the game, and I won't dwell because I know we've a lot to get through tonight, but when Lacazette picked up the ball, I was um, a few rows back in the North Bank and I could see him giving Mart- Martinelli the eyes. Go in there, son. Yeah. And he put a beautifully weighted pass and Martinelli... Uh, who's going to be a superstar, um, just took it on and took it lovely and early and buried it. And after that, uh, there was only going to be one winner. And I thought it was um, it was a really satisfying performance. In fact, I'd go as far as to say it gave me the most pleasure watching Arsenal in a number of years um, because this was a good team we were playing against. And we were also, and we haven't always been, and I think... I blamed the manager on the Everton game. I said that was on him. But I think equally you've got to give credit when we get it right. It can't just be about when we get it wrong. Uh, we got it tactically right. I, I had expressed a concern um, the last time we spoke about Royce and Suchek maybe overrunning uh, Party and Jacka, But that didn't happen, and I'll tell you why. Because every time Royce went to get on the ball, Martinelli came out like a greyhound in Shelbourne Park and was on him. And in fact, he turned him over a couple of times and made him go sideways the whole time. So uh, it was a very satisfying performance uh, and I was really pleased with it and the atmosphere was terrific. Yeah, well, it was a good victory. Um, we've heard the wars there. I think last week we were saying we, it was going to be in a draw, but um, yeah, I'll go with the tuna win. Um, I'll go to John. What was your opinion on the game? Um... Excellent performance, excellent performance. We've been saying all season about start with the right attitude and at the very least matching the opposition's um, attitude at the start of the game and going for them. As Eamon said, the first 10, 15 minutes, um, it was a quite helter skelter because, as I said, West Ham are on the up. They fancy their chances of getting that top four spot. And of course, the first 10, 15 minutes was two sides basically sizing each other up. But we, we gradually got on top. And um, it was an excellent first half performance that deserved the goal. We didn't get it, but it wasn't what I wanted to try. And um, we bossed the game after the first 10, 15 minutes. It was a fantastic goal by Martinelli. Great finish, great pass by Lacazette. And unlike in previous games where we've sometimes taken our foot off the gas, after taking the lead, we kept it. We kept the goal. It was very similar to the Villa game when we got on top. We stayed on top. Um, Really, really good performance against a side, as Eamon said, would, would have come to our place fancy in that chances. Um, our home form has been really, really good. Um, we need to maintain that for the rest of the season, but that was as good a home performance against a side who are, by all accounts, ready to give us problems. And we, stu- we, can- we stood up to it. We came up to it, and it was a really, really good performance. Yeah, it's... Yeah, we have to say the early goal in the second half, I think it was on the 48-minute mark, it kind of um, 
this hurt in West Ham, all right, and you could see some of the heads dropping. Then, then the red card obviously played into our hands as well. Um, Dave, what was your take on the game? Yeah, just to follow on from what the lads have said, I thought we nullified them to the nth degree. So much so that Nick <coughs> barely had a chance. I think there was one chance in the first half. I don't know whether it was Jared Bowen that had it, but apart from that, it was scintillating. I think Aaron made the great point earlier on of Martinelli playing, and we look so much more dangerous in terms of being on the counter-attack when he's in the team. I think Lacazette galvanises the squad. Um, I know he's coming in towards the last six months of his contract, but it was just a thoroughly professional performance. And as Eamon and John both said, that's a West Ham team on the up there. You know, we put them to the sword, and if we can maintain this from now till the end of the season, there's no reason why we can't get top four. You know, I'm sure we'll get onto the Leeds game in a bit, but from start to finish against West Ham, you know, and fair dues to Arteta, he got it right from the subs straight down to who started. Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, um, 32 points we have now. Um, it, it's seven home wins now. Um, our home form is really carrying us um, this, this, this season. And um, it's refreshing to see how after the back-to-back defeats against United and Everton at the start of the month, that's three wins in a row now, you know, and we're starting to bang in the goals now as well, which is quite nice to see. Um, and the, I think it's the third game running um, that we've had the same start in 11. I think, is that right? That's the Leeds game, I think that was three in a row. Yeah. Oh, I think it's the same. Oh, the same team as yeah. the same team as Everton, yeah. yeah. So it sh- shows that he's, that 11, it's nice to see that that, that 11, um which I'm quite, and even the subs bench is quite strong as well in the last few games. What we can bring on compared to other teams, so yeah, um, it's looking good over the Christmas festive period. All right, Let, let's hope we can keep it up against uh, Norwich and Wolves. Um, just before we move on to Leeds, um, I'll go to Eamon for since you were there, Eamon. Um, who shone as your man of the match that night? Um, I'm gonna say this hands down, Bukayo Saka absolutely flamed West Ham. Absolutely flamed them. They didn't know what to do with him. And one of the things about that kid is he makes difficult things look simple and it doesn't look like a big deal. But a drop of the shoulder, a step inside, and there's pandemonium in the defence. You know, uh, he was absolutely fantastic. There was a good team performance and there's a lot of guys you could pick out. But for me, um, he absolutely tormented West Ham. John? Um. Saka was superb. They couldn't handle him. I'm going to go with Odegaard. I thought he was excellent for, for the era that he was on. He dictated the game for me. I thought he was absolutely superb. I know Saka was unplayable on the night. You could see that in the second half because West Ham couldn't get enough players anywhere near them. Every time the ball came near them, there seemed to be three or four players squeaked get out there and stop them. But I, I thought it was a fantastic game for Odegaard. There's plenty of players you can pick because I think there's an awful lot of players showed up that night. So just to be different... I'm going to pick. I thought it was a really good performance from Dale, who was your man of the match? Yeah, I'm going to go with Martinelli. Um, I just thought from start to finish, he was exceptional. I mean, as Eamon said, Saka is just, he's, he's flawless. You know, there is not, there's, there's not a lot you can do to stop Saka. You know, there's no doubt about that. As soon as he picks up the ball. Yeah. yeah. And, and as we see, and, you know, that's against, you know, Newcastle have tried it. You know, although it was a precaution and he was taken off, the only way to stop him is to take him off. Or to, should I say, take him down in terms of looking in from the opposition. But uh, Martinelli, for me, I thought, this guy reminds me of Sanchez. There's a hunger, there's an exuberance about the guy from the first minute to the last. And I just thought, 
he's cemented his place in this side now. You know, and I'm glad that he's, he's getting this run because he needs it. I mean, we could all see, you know, you go back to his debut two years ago. I think it was against Fiorentina in pre-season in America where he made his, his debut. And uh, you, you could tell straight on he had that North, you know, that South American, that instinctiveness, if you like. So I'm going to go with Martinelli. Yeah, I'll go with Saka myself. I agree with Eamon. He, he's come on leaps and bounds in the last year or two. It's amazing how quickly his progression is. Like It's like he's been playing for, for five or ten years. You know, he's that confident. And, and even I think the Euros has even given him that confidence to go further in his career. You know, I think Southgate's um, management of him as well is a lot to be said as well, along with Arteta. So, yeah, I'll go with Saka. He had a great game um, last Wednesday. Uh, so we move on to... Saturday's 4-1 away victory over Leeds at Ellen Road. Um, uh, Brace boy, uh, Martinelli again. Uh, Saka and Smith Rowe were the go- got the goals for us and uh, a Rafinha penalty for Leeds. Um, it was Martinelli's fourth goal in six games and Smith Rowe's third, third goal in this month as well. So it's refreshing to see him coming off the bench and scoring as well. Uh, 12 goals in December for us now, um, three wins out of five games. Um, I thought uh, Lacazette and Martinelli teamed up quite well again. Um, I thought we pressed Leeds really well from the start of the match um, and thoroughly deserved a victory. I know they were depleted with injuries, but you can only beat what puts in front, what's in front of you. And we've done that quite well. I thought we took our foot off the gas in the second half. I thought we could have got more goals out of that game, but um, the damage was done in the first half and we had the pleasure of seeing the game out, I suppose, in the second half. Um, I'll go to um, John this time. What was your take on the match, John? Um, well, I watched this game with, in the supporters club with Eamon. Um, before the game started, Eamon, in his wisdom, pointed out that Leeds play a, a very much a man-marking game and yeah. that air movement was going to cause them all sorts of trouble and he won't be able to deliver it. And that's exactly what happened. Right from the other we scored three in the first half. If we'd scored seven or eight, no one would have been surprised. Their keeper pulled off a number of really, really good saves. Um, they are definitely missing a number of players. Phillips in midfield in particular I suppose, is a really big one. But um, the naivety from Leeds was unreal. But we punished them and we were ready for them. Um, Lacazette just fell deep, came deep. He pulled the centre half out with him. And there was um, so much space for Martinelli and Saka and Odegaard to get into it, it was unreal. Um, we did what we had to do against the team that was put in front of us. But it was it was nice to see the team. They seemed coached and ready for this Leeds team. They knew what was going to happen, how, how Leeds were going to play. Leeds don't have a plan B. Bielsa has them set up to play a million miles an hour. And when he has his first team back with work, but with so many players missing. It's no wonder City put seven past them. It's um, I think if we'd wanted to put seven past them, we could have. Um, three at half time, and as you said, Johnny, we we managed the second half. Um, we've got a hectic schedule. The game was won. There's no point in, um, you know, breaking your heart and running out of steam. Um, yeah. it, it, it was just well managed. I know. Um, Saka, I oh god, he keeps getting himself into situations. VAR, it's one of that's the first time I think of VAR. He's made a stupid tackle and VAR hasn't punished him. I was amazed he wasn't punished. But apart from that, I thought it was an absolutely superb away performance. 
everyone turned up again, did what they had to do. I thought it was actually a really good performance from uh, Shaka and Party in midfield. I yeah. know they weren't up against much in that midfield, yeah. but again, they did what they had to do. Martinelli, two superb goals. And Odegaard, again, fantastic performance from Odegaard. And the assist for Smith Rose for the fourth goal, I thought, was absolutely sublime. Um, terrific. Anytime you beat Leeds is terrific, especially for one in their place. Yeah. Yeah. Can't praise the team highly enough. Yeah, it's tough to say now. It was the, before I move on to Eamon, the assist from Saka to Martinelli for the second goal looked like he took a heavy touch, but then to just to dink it over Melier, the confidence that lad has Martinelli at the moment is really refreshing. I can see him getting at least 15, 10 to 15 goals at the, if he says injury free. Um, Eamon, you're taking the match? Yeah, well, I mean, John makes a great point about the team look coached and ready for Leeds because had we gone out there and played sideways football and said, well, we'll, get, we'll just keep possession of the ball, it wouldn't have got us anywhere against them. But knowing that they were going, going man to man, we pulled them around all over the place. But a lot of our passing was, was, was vertical rather than horizontal. So we were passing the ball kind of like arrows into spaces that were there, you know, and that, that we absolutely shredded them. Absolutely shredded them. It's the best shredding I've seen an Arteta <laughs> team give anybody. Now, I know you can say, well, Leeds were depleted. But let me tell you something. That depleted Leeds team would be no worse than a Norwich. And if we went out and did that type of job on Norwich, we'd be all gushing about it, you know? Um, that, was a, that was a really good performance by a team that was buoyed up with confidence. And just a word on... the. Two of the things that John mentioned. I know Granit Xhaka did something silly. Uh, although when you look at Hardy Kane, it was like um, candy floss oh, at the playground compared yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. uh, it wasn't a leg breaker. His foot, was on, his foot was close to the ground. You know, It wasn't coming up into somebody's leg. But it was a stupid thing to do. But I can't let it pass without saying the inside channel pass he gave to Kieran Tierney for the chance and the pass he gave to Martinelli were exquisite. Um, they were really, really good. Um, but Odegaard's assist for Emil Smith-Rowe was straight out of the Robert Perez playbook. Um, not only did he find a gap through the eye of a needle, the chip he put on it to just get it into his run where Smith-Rowe didn't even have to break straw, just hit that sun. And it was, a, it was a beautiful piece of football. So uh, very pleased with that performance, you know. Yeah, um, and we signed a new player, by the way. Sorry? We signed a new player during the game. Um, a lad called Samalenko, apparently. Um, <laughs> who, Sergeant Brown, Sergeant Paul Brown told us, yeah, sir, he's got COVID. Yeah, Samalenko. Samalenko's got COVID. I think he was on the Sambi Lakonga, um, but um, there you go. <laughs> that, that's the Yorkshire twang on uh, Belgian names. Samalenko, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Dale, you're taking the match. <laughs> yeah, I think what impressed me most about that game was, you know, as it's been mentioned already, the ruthlessness. You know, Leeds were there for the taking and we never once backed off them. Eased. I know in the second half there was a few chances where they grew into the game and obviously they got the penalty, but straight, just like the West Ham game, it was their persistence that paid dividends in the end. And as Eamon has said quite a few times now, uh, there was a lot more true balls, you know, not this diagonal, it was more vertical, pinpoint. I know, and as the media have pointed out, it was a depleted, ravaged Leeds team, but 
you know, my God, we had a job to do and we did it to perfection. And as I said before, you know, after that West Ham game, if you can continue this on and build on it, you know, there's no there's no doubt why we can't get top four at the end of the season. You know, like all this trust in the process. Yeah, there's going to be bumps along the way, but when we go up against Leeds teams as such away from home, we've got to be putting them to the sword. You know, on the opening day of the season, we saw us who was depleted ourselves against the Brentford team who were all, you know, we were all over the place. And not once did you hear the media say, oh, well, you know, it was an injury hit, ravaged COVID Arsenal side. You know, it was all, oh, Arsenal are this and that. You know, so it was just, I felt like, you know, we had a job to do and we did it to perfection. Absolutely. And just one last thing. I mean, if you if you would have taken the Burnley and Brighton away games earlier on the season, right, and you watched those two games and you sat down immediately afterwards to watch Leeds and Arsenal, you'd actually be saying, is this us? Yeah. yeah. The difference is phenomenal in terms of um, uh, how we approach the game. So, you know, that, 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 that that's good progress, I think. I think um, getting the three goals in the first half really silenced the Leeds faithful. You know, you could see in the second half they were just deflated. And I think when you keep down quiet, the Leeds don't really function as a team. You know, it's... Um, I thought, like I said, drag uh, Robin Cock out from the back the whole time. That man, Martin, left so much space for Martinelli to run into, you know. And Martin Odegaard's first thought was to, when he gets the ball, it's just to attack, you know. It's not to go backwards, it's to link up with the forwards all the time and I thought he really had a good game um, as John said earlier party had a good game as well which he's playing into contention for the African Nations Cup no doubt um, I'd probably give my man of the match on Saturday to Martin Odegaard I thought he played really well and his assist for um, uh, Smith Rowe as well for the last goal was quite good um, John who was your man of the match? Oh, I'll, I'll go with Martinelli for his two goals. He was electric now. Um, they, I don't think we could have put three, three or four players on him. I don't think he, yeah, they could have handled him that night. Um, ably assisted by all the players around him. As I thought, great, as you said earlier, great game by Lacazette. Um, the team are ready for this Leeds team, and they just pushed them to the side. I'm gonna go for Martinelli. Amen. Yeah, um, Martinelli because. Of the impact he had on the game, uh, with a with, with a, a big big shout to um, uh, Tommy Asio at the back, um, who really you know wasted no time in transitioning us from back to front. You know he was uh, he was exceptional, but Martinelli for me because the overall impact he had in the game. Yeah, just before going to Dale, what you were saying there, Tommy Asio, go he got away lucky there with. A challenge by Gelhardt, he went in on him. I thought those dog there could have been a potentially nasty injury for him, but thankfully he got straight back up. Uh, Zach is on um, Rafine, it was no better, so I suppose that evened itself out. Um, David, who was your man of the match? Yeah, just before I go on to that, I think uh, Tommy Asu's performances are going under under the radar. I think he's one player that's not spoken about enough. You know, he adds this. Yeah. You know, like last season, all we heard, including myself, that we were just slating the right-back position, whether it be Bellerin, Cedric Sorez, but now we've actually got a right-back, or when predominantly he was a centre-back, and now he's been transformed into this right-back that we got from Bologna, who's so combative. As Eamon says, you know, the, the turn of play, you know, the switch of play is just, it's phenomenal, really. So I think he's been going under the radar in terms of his performances. Um, as for a man of the match, I'm going to go with Martinelli. You know, I think that instinctiveness, he's just... You know, he's got everything. He's a poacher as well. You know, clinical finisher, knows where the goals is. 
you know, he can he sniffs danger, he runs into space. And uh, yeah, it's, I thought it was another thoroughly enjoyable performance. And what a player we've got in our hands as well, by the way. I, I think we should, you know, applaud the way he's been managed since his injury. He yeah. hasn't been just thrown in the deep end. And you can see Arteta coming up to him after the game. I think he's been really well coached in the time. Yeah. You know, they've taken that time with him. They haven't rushed him back. And um, I think we'll definitely reap the benefits this season for that. So, and it's the way he's finishing goals as well, lads. It's like he's been doing that all his career, isn't it? The goal against West Ham was just super, superbly taken, and the two goals against Leeds. It's like you know he's you for some reason been out so long. Yeah, you can tell he's a street footballer from South America. Yeah, yeah big time. Luis Suarez type. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. I said it on the show last week. That, that um, yeah. it reminds me of a very young Luis Suarez. Yeah. Um, the only thing now is I hope he doesn't start. Um, I hope he turns vegan and stop doesn't start <laughs> eating other footballers, you know, um, because if he keeps away from the cannibal, the cannibalism, yeah. uh, I think I think he can be as good as Suarez and, and and a bit more popular, you know. Yeah, he's a fan's favorite already, isn't he? The fans love him. Yeah, he's got that Tiger's attitude for and for a striker, it's great to see. Um, our fox in the box. <laughs> <laughs> no, nowhere near Franny Jeffers, my God. Um, so we move on to our preview of um, tonight's Carabao Cup uh, quarterfinal. Um, our part of the final um, has been um, we tumped West Bram away, which was our first game in it. Um, comfortably dispatched AFC Wimbledon and also Leeds gave us a bit of a game in the first half, but we came through it in the second half. Um, uh, they're managed by Lee Johnson. Uh, he done wonders with um, Bristol City there uh, over the last couple of seasons, but and he's doing quite well with Sunderland. He probably might get promoted. Uh, very young team. They seem to be raving about a few youngsters they have there. But I think tonight we should easily dispatch them. You know, I think class will overcome in the end. Um, they'll give us a game, all right, Johnson. He's a good manager, and they will give us a give us a game. Um. But I do believe a comfortable victory tonight for the, the semi-finals. Um, I go to uh, Dale. What would your take be on the match, Dale? Yeah, uh, I think we're going to see a mixture of the likes of Enketia, El Neni, players on the periphery coming back in, along with maybe Nuno Tavares, players who've been in and around the first team as well. Um, there's no reason why we can't beat this Sunderland team. You know, I think we're what, fifth, sixth in League One. Um, I'd imagine we're going to beat them by two or three goals. But at the same time, we've got to have our wits about us. Um, so yeah, I'm not nervous one bit about this game. I think we will dispatch them. It's just about you know how ruthless we can be, and obviously Enketi's got a point to prove. Arteta likes him. He wants him. Does he want him to stay, or is he only offering him this contract to you know preserve his value, quote unquote? But uh, yeah, I can see us dispatching these three or four, or maybe even more, depending on you know if we take our foot off the gas. Yeah, um, Eamon, you're taking the game tonight. Um. Well, I'd imagine it'd be similar to the Wimbledon game. Um, they kind of, you know, they, they they made us work hard for an hour, and then they kind of they they ran out of it just just to get it as an appetizer uh, for the game. I watched the highlights of the 1973 FA Cup semi-final between Arsenal and Sunderland last night <laughs> when we were an absolute model to win uh, <laughs> and they beat us 2-1 and ended up beating Leeds in the final um, I think it's the only trophy they won but just on Sunderland um, 
for all football lovers, uh, there there is a program available on Netflix called uh, Sunderland Till I Die, um, which is a really great watch. Um, it shows you uh, how hard it is for a big club, and they are a the big club, they're a well-supported club, how hard it is when you fall so far to get back up and the kind of the hamster on a wheel experience. It's a great watch for anybody who's looking for the odd half hour of entertainment here and there, Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix. It's it, it's back about three seasons ago, um, but but, it, but, it, but it's, a, it's a great diary programme. I don't anticipate problems tonight, um, unless um, half the team goes down with swine flu or something like that. Um, I don't know. Um, I expect a, a two or three nil victory. Um, John, well, John, interesting to see who plays in goal, by the way. Um, yeah, I say he'd be Leno. I say a Congo, probably a Congo, probably. He's been out with an injury, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, Congo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he didn't have a great preseason. That that's so, yeah. yeah, like against the <laughs> John. Your prediction of the game tonight? I want to take them. We should win. At the way, but at while we're recording this, we're still waiting to see the team news. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As you said, uh, Tavares might get a start. You expect Eddie to stay, to, to start. Spit rolls him off the bench the last couple of games. But one day we give him forty-five minutes, maybe an hour. Like you know, just to get them, you know, get a bit of mileage into the legs. Uh, but he, he'll he'll keep him there. Um. Holding, I expect the play. I expect the, the, the team to be good enough to beat this Sunderland side. And just going back to Eamon's point, I've been to Sunderland uh, on a number of occasions for Arsenal games. It's a great place to go and watch a game. Um, yeah. They are a big club, and I'd love to see them back in the Premier League. The fans are great, they're great crack. Um, obviously, I don't expect them to do to beat us tonight. They might put out half a team as well because they've got bigger fish to fry. They're chasing promotion. Um, I hope they come up. But uh, I I do think we'll beat them tonight. Yeah, I think being at home as well is a big advantage, isn't it? Um, and it'd be great to see. Um, be nice, something to look forward to in the in the new year. The semi final is is in January. Yeah. Um, uh, just as well, just a quick note. Um, the FA Cup um third and fourth round um ties will be to be no um replays. It will go straight to extra time. I think. And then penalties to avoid um, fixture congestion. Yeah, I think as well, you have to do an antigen test before extra time. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you catch COVID in the first 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Highly transmissible, this Omicron. Yeah, antigen tests every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're one one at ninety minutes, just throw the game. Yeah. Look, at least we ha- at least we have a game tonight, you know. Because I spent my, I spent my whole day on Saturday. I was looking forward to going out for a few points uh, to watch the game in the club. I spent yeah, my whole day on Saturday checking to see is a game on, game on, game on. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward. I think it'd be a good game tonight. I think Sunday will put it to us. Johnson is he's he's a good young manager. You know, he's, he's I think he'll go far as well. You know, he seems. He's got, he gets teams really, um, teams that are struggling when he takes over. They seem to bounce back quite quickly. So I'm looking forward to tonight's match. Um, hopefully Nketiah, um gets a, gets a few goals for us as well. Um, yeah, so that's at uh, 7.45 tonight. So hopefully we'll be reporting back on um, our path to the semi-finals on our next show. Um, we move on to the Boxing Day fixture. Um, Norwich City away. Was it at home, is it? Yeah, sorry, away to Norwich, yeah. Um, that's at three o'clock. I don't think it's on the telly. Um, 
Dean Smith is in charge there. They're on a bit of a bad run. They've lost their last three games. Um, we won one nil at home. Um, in mid September was that was our first victory of the season. Aubameyang scored. Um, I can't see any many problems for us. I think we beat them on the day. But be a tight game, but I, I reckon we get out there with a one or two nil scoreline. Um, the form we're in. Um. I go to Eamon. What would your take be on the match? If we don't beat Norwich, I'll have a canary. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just think that, um, look, we, we, we've come a cropper in, in some of these games before. We don't have a... We, we, we've, I remember when Chris Hilton was in charge there, we lost 1-0. I think it was their first win of the season. And that's possible. But I watched them against Man United and they were conned by the usual... Ronaldo con job penalty uh, nonsense, um, but they absolutely battered United. Um, but uh, we, we've got to be, we've got to be. Uh, I've said it all along. What was pleasing to about West Ham is we've got to be beating the teams that we think we're as good as, and we're better than Norwich. So we've got to go there expecting to win. And if we get our stuff right, we'll win. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the. He hasn't played solid enough, all right. They don't. They don't seem to leak as many goals as under um, Farke. Um, John, your your view on this? I'm agreeing with Eamon. Uh, you can't go into this game with any kind of complacency. Um, we did say this is the the the, the game against these the fourth game in a row where we put the same eleven out, and well, we're giving them praise. It's the same eleven who were absolutely rubbish against Everton. So we, you know, yeah. they need to go in with the right attitude. Um, can't be complacent, can't just turn, expect to turn up and, and win the game. So they're on a roll, they've got to keep their foot on the gas and go at them. Just, you know, get their foot down, get them, get get, get on top of Norwich and keep keep your foot on the, keep your foot in the throats. You, can, yeah. you can't be, you can't be going back to this, the, the kind of football we saw against Everton. So um, they're on the up, let's hope they can keep it going that way. Yeah, be, I think it'd be our Tata's second anniversary, I think, as well as taking over in um, December 19, yeah. Um, Dale, your take on the game? What, what would you like to see happen? Yeah, well, firstly, I want to see us carry or transpire, or as Arteta says, transmit, to transmit this urgency and application that we've seen over the last two games into this game. We need to be diligent in our defending, without a doubt. We can't give Puki any chances. And as Eamon said, you know, they were conned out something against United because they really put it up to United. Albeit it was a you know a weak out of sorts performance against United where it was like a four-two-two-two they were playing. But uh yeah, we really need to go out here and if we get a couple of quick fire goals, you know, we can put these to the sword. You know, that's what I'd like to see. More ruthlessness and the persistence just to keep going, not to be sitting back. You know, as John says, we do not need a replication of this Everton game because that'll set us back a million miles, especially with how many games that Tottenham have got in hand and you know we've got United. Not too far behind us either, so. So we're all fairly relaxed about it, as we see beforehand. And today's referee is Mr. Mike Dean from. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the optimism goes right out the window. <laughs> from the Seven Sisters Road. <laughs> <laughs> to be a bizarre penalty given when no no one was would be around the strike or something, yeah. Um, you know what will happen? Tom, t- your man Todd Cantwell, his hairband will fall out and he'll just point to the spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's right, yeah. 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 I know. I, I, I can see this. I can see Martinelli 
once you get at Norwich's back line, once you get at them, um, I think it's Kabak and Hanley, I think is their centre-backs. I think his pace will destroy them. And Krul is a good goalkeeper, though. He, he keeps them in a lot of games, Tim Krul. Um, yeah, depends on how his Christmas day goes. He's, um, <laughs> he's, he's not, you know, he's not a wife model. Yeah. <laughs> you see how he gets on, indeed. <laughs> so, a spanking lads, three or four nil, I take. Um, look, we... We take it, you know, look, I'd be happy with going out there with one or two and then, you know, once we get the points, that's the main thing, yeah. Um, okay, so we move on to um, our tribute to um, Ray Kennedy, who passed away there um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he played for Arsenal between 1968 to 1974. He played 158 games, scoring 53 goals. Uh, he was part of the 71 double winning team, of course. Um he also played for Liverpool between 74 and 82, uh, played 275 games and scored 51 goals. Um, and he won nearly every major trophy with them, including three European Cups. Um, and he also played for England between 76 and 80, 1980, played 17 games and scored three goals for them. Um, he also won the BBC Goal of the Season, 1978 to 79. Um, I'd want to go to Eamon. What was your memories of the, of the man? Well... First of all, um, the first football team I watched was the 71 team. I was only five and a half, but uh, I really, that was my connection uh, with the Arsenal. And I suppose I probably wouldn't have been astute enough to realise how good he was uh, at that time. But um, he was our top scorer in the 71 season at 19 years of age. So when we heap praise upon Martinelli and say he's still young, this fella came into the team because... Charlie George, who was only a year older, my mate Charlie, who I met in Islington last week, I bumped into him on the street. Charlie um, Charlie got injured in the first game away at Everton. Ray Kennedy came into the team. And straight away, um, we formed uh, an upfront partnership of Radford and Kennedy. And Radford was a brilliant foil for him in that Radford, Radford was a bit, played a bit the way Lacazette played against West Ham. He kind of, just dropped a bit deeper and he, he was he was kind of a, a one goal in every three uh, merchant. Whereas Ray Kennedy, that left foot of his, uh, and he was very burly as well, very strong lad, you know. But the one thing I'll say about how good Ray Kennedy was, it's very seldom that you get a player who played for a number of clubs in their career, but you very seldom get uh, a player who's a legend at two clubs, right? So he's a legend at the Arsenal. He's a legend at live. In fact, years ago, uh, there's some clips of it on YouTube. The, the two clubs did a, um, a testimonial for him um, because of, uh, of suffering with Parkinson's. And you could see how high a regard he was held in by both clubs. So if I was to say to you, Alan Shearer, he won a, a, a title with Blackburn, but he's a Newcastle legend, you know? Um uh, if, if you were to say, you know, take other players like, you know, Gareth Barry won a couple of titles with Man City, but he's an Aston Villa legend, you know. Um, Ray Kennedy was an Arsenal legend and a Liverpool legend in equal measure. And that, about was, uh, I think, is, is, is as high a compliment you can pay. I mean, we, we sold him too soon. We sold him at a time when uh, Charlie was in a bit of butter. Um, we got rid of Charlie for disciplinary reasons. He went to Derby County. We sold Ray Kennedy to Liverpool in 1974 as a 20 as, as, a, as a 22 year old. 
you know. So what we saw him was only up to 22. And Liverpool then converted him into a midfield player. He was a striker with us. Uh, so he became a legend for us as a striker and a legend for them as a midfield player. So, you know, uh, a terrific player. Absolutely terrific. Who was his manager um, when he was with Arsenal? Bertie Mee. He wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Bertie Mee. He said he preferred to sell the North Bank than sell Ray Kennedy, I think was one of his quotes, yeah. Um, John, what was your memories of um, Ray? Um, most all my memories are, as him and, uh, as a Liverpool player, I'm, uh, I came to the game a little bit later than him. He'd already left by the time I discovered Arsenal. Um, and I was six when I discovered Arsenal. So um, I remember I was a fantastic midfielder and in a, a fantastic Liverpool team. Winning a couple of European Cups, dominating the English football. Um, don't think he got as many caps from England as he probably should have. Um, but I think Eamon's tribute to him is as, as good as you're going to get. He's a legend at two clubs. Um, there's not too many players who can say that anywhere. Um, I've obviously read about him. I know his history. I've seen the clips on YouTube of all those games in 71. and. Um, it's just you convert a striker like that into one of the best midfielders in England is uh, an astute piece of scouting and coaching. But the quality of the player, yeah, they, he was able to do that as a, at a young age. It wasn't like a striker dropping back in the midfield and he gets to his twenties trying to prolong his career. This guy was in his peak as a striker and he turned into a midfielder. That will tell you just how good he was. So um, I remember from that Liverpool team. He he went he went to Swansea. He, he went to Swansea, John, under John Toshak. That's right. Uh, when, when, when he finished with Liverpool, he was only 29. And at that time, he didn't know this himself. But the Parkinson's had started to kick in. And Toshak was very angry with him because he said, why is your ball control not the way it was? And all this type of stuff. His, his you know, his his whole kind of motor senses were were, were, were failing him at 29 years of age. You know, um, very, very sad. So he, he battled that illness for 40 years, you know. Yeah. yeah. I do remember that, 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 that game, that testimonial you were talking about earlier. I do yeah. remember that. That was that Highbury, which uh, will tell you that. He, you know, he's best remembered by most people as being a Liverpool player. Testimonial was that Highbury. The tributes by both sides of clubs were quite nice to him as well, you know. Um, so yeah, such a sad loss, really. Yeah, um, and what he won in just such a short space of time between Arsenal and Liverpool is quite phenomenal. You know, um, I doubt a player will ever get near with what he won. You know, just incredible trophy haul. So he's uh, only he's only the second man from that seventy one team to leave us. You know, yeah, which says a lot, doesn't it, about that mm-hmm. squad? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dale, I know you're as young as me. I've very little memories only. <laughs> watching YouTube videos. What would you like to say about him? Yeah, well, from the media I've consumed, I mean, as far as I know, he had some convincing to do when Bertie Mee was here because he wasn't uh, too keen on him when Bertie Mee was at the club. Um, I also read as well that, wasn't it, Bob Wilson had said that when he first saw Kennedy that he had this, it was more or less like an underlying lack of self-belief, like self-confidence. But then he grew, he, he more or less had this desire and strength that, came to the fore and he was able to develop into the player he was. Uh, it was just as Eamon touched on there about the Parkinson's. Uh, there was signs of that in his game. I think it was even where the older he got, there was more, it was more prevalent in terms of slowing down and training. You know, so I think that the biggest compliment I can pay to him in that sense would be, you know, obviously 
having not seen him live because I was only born in the early 90s. Uh, you know, the player that he was and such he achieved, it definitely for its time went under the limelight. Just as he said, you were born in the early 90s. It shows how old I feel old. How the same in John feel. <laughs> Just look at the hair loss. <laughs> um, Won't be long before I have to take the red. Look, Emery, Emery style receding hairline. Yeah, there's a bit of a new night going on there. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll the, be, I'll be gelling the back of you. <laughs> you, get the, you get the old Dracula gel out. With, uh... <laughs> I'm holding the, the well, uh, <laughs> sitting up the hairline, anyway. <laughs> the, the next time you come on to the show, you can say, good evening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sad loss to both and Liverpool, but to the whole football family, um, I'd like to send my... Um, regards to um his, his family and friends you know um that's our tribute to ray kennedy uh the 28th of july 1951 to the 30th of november um of this year so uh may you rest in peace and um an arsenal and liverpool legend um no doubt there you know um is there anything else lads um you'd like to mention uh on tonight's show i think we've done a lot tonight and Leave it at that. It's a nice way to leave it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a nice memory to have of him. Yeah. Another thing, just before we go, just to add to that, there'd be a lot of fans, probably younger than me or as old as me, who wouldn't even know who Ray Kennedy is. You know, I remember being at the Emirates when I was living in England last year. I went down to get the away jersey, and Kevin Campbell was there. Now, unless these fans had obviously seen Kevin Campbell and had talked to him before, and there was a lot of fans who didn't know who Kevin Campbell was. So I'd imagine there's quite a percentage of our fan base who don't know a lot of the players from the 70s or even, you know, going back to the Bertie Me year. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll finish with a good news anecdote. So, myself and Sparky John was walking up uh, Upper Street in Islington on uh, Thursday, the day after the West Ham game. And out of, out of the pharmacy comes Charlie George. He had a mask on, but we recognised him. We both said to each other, there's Charlie. Now, I was going to leave it alone, but not, not for Sparky John. Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> so uh, he called him back. Now, you know the way you're kind of expecting, say, oh, hell, lads. Uh, uh, he stood there for 10 minutes talking about the game, you know, and he was there as a fan. He wasn't working at the game. He was there as a fan. And what I thought was amazing, he came out and he said, I'm um, oh, just getting some painkillers. I've just had a new hip put in, right? Uh, he was 70 recently. But Charlie, obviously, if, if, if that's where he's getting his painkillers, he's still living in the bloody area. <laughs> you know, there's no out, out in, uh, uh, you know, a mock chowder mansion out in, out in St. Albans or any of that shite. Like, it's, you know, Charlie's still hopping around, isn't he? Going to watch the Arsenal. I really liked that. It was, it, it was very heartwarming, you know? Yeah, sure. I remember a few years back, I'd done the tour of Arsenal and Charlie George was doing it. He says he was making more doing the stadium tours than when he was actually playing <laughs> Which yeah. is absolutely yeah. crazy, but yeah. a man that gives his time to absolute strangers like he knew them as friends, you know, that's that era still connect with normal fans like ourselves, you know, like there's no bullshit or airs and graces. It's just Oh, he looked he looked down at Johnny and he said, uh, don't get up, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way it should be. <laughs> All hail Caesar, Eamon Dunley. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. he didn't think you were Liam Brady. Did you put on the accent that you do here? 
<laughs> I did not do that, Jonathan. Why would I do that? Because I'm not Liam Brady. No. <laughs> uh, that's a good way to wrap over the show for this week. Um, I'd just like to wish all our listeners um, a very Merry Christmas and have a safe one. Um, it's been a pleasure for the last um, nine or so months bringing you the show um, and we'll be continuing it on. Um, you can catch our all episodes on uh, SoundCloud and Spotify. Just type in um, Irish Arts and Gunner Podcast. Um, and of course, you can go to du- the Dublin Arsenal Supporters Club um, where they meet up in um, the River Bar in Dublin City Centre. So I'd like to thank um, John Melia, Eamon Donnelly and Dale Timmons for their optimism and motivation as always during the show. Uh, I always feel refreshed afterwards. Uh, we'll see you after tonight's results. Um, so thanks again, lads, and have a Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Danny. Christmas, guys. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you on the other side, hopefully, um, on ne- next Tuesday, hopefully. So um, from all of us, have a good one and a Merry Christmas. Take care, all. Bye. Happy Christmas.